It's time! Drew Doherty and John Harris have their white coats and their goggles on, and they're ready to talk Texans in a different sort of way. Uh, let's go in the lab. Hello, friends. This is Drew Doherty. I'm sitting across from my good pal, John Harris, and we're going in the lab. But really, we're going back in the DeLorean. I had so much fun last week, John. Oh, that was that was a blast, dude. Redraft. Do that again. The 2003 draft for the Texans. That today, we're going to go back not quite as far, okay. but to another pivotal year. We're going to go back to 2010. Okay. But to recap, 2010. You and I. Oh went, yeah. Okay. You and I went back to 03, and that's the draft in which the Texans took Andre Johnson third overall. And so our dilemma was, hey, should we uh, pick somebody else instead of Andre Johnson? And we were like, hell no, no we're taking no, no. Dre. Yeah. But then things changed because instead of taking Benny Jopru in the second round, we went back and had the Texans take Osu Minora. Yep. He was a pretty good pass rusher. He's very good. In the third round, there were three picks for the Texans, 67 overall, 75th overall, 88th overall. They went with Antoine Peake, Seth Wand, and Dave Ragone. We went with Jason Witten tight end, who's going to the Hall of Fame someday, who's still playing. We went with Wade Smith, a pro bowler. And we went with Asante Samuel, pretty damn good corner. Uh, so that's three pretty good picks in the third round. Fourth round, Dominic Davis, Dominic Williams, the running back, was the original choice, and we rolled with him. We stuck yeah. with him because, John, other than Arian Foster, he's the greatest running back in franchise yes. history. No doubt. He, used the, he definitely was the pick. So we stayed with two picks that we made. Actually, we stayed with mm. three. Because in the sixth round, I forgot round, about one. Yeah. 192nd overall, a guy who never played a down for the Texans was Drew Henson, quarterback out of Michigan. Also a third baseman for the New York Yankees. Texans later wound up flipping him for a third round pick to the Cowboys, and that third rounder came in nineteen or excuse me, in two thousand five, and the Texans took Vernon Morency. So we took instead that pick and made it Justin Tuck. So we paired up those Giants. Uh, defensive lineman and Tuck and Umanura. Then in the sixth, at two fourteen overall, like I joked last time, the Texans took something called a Keith Wright, <laughs> and instead they took Chris Dealman, who went to a bunch of Pro Bowls for the Chargers up front. Yeah. And then in the seventh, man, we really hit grand slams because instead of taking Curry Burns and Chance Pierce, yep, we took undrafted guys originally, tight end Antonio Gates and quarterback Tony Romo. That was yeah, fun. that's pretty good. It's a good time, huh? That's pretty good. All right. So overall, so our entire draft, we took Dre, mm-hmm. Asante Samuel, mm-hmm. Jason Witten, yep, Dominic Davis, yep, Drew Henson, which we flipped for Justin Tuck, uh-huh. Antonio Gates, Tony Romo. Did I forget anybody? I think I may have forgotten. That's the 2003 draft. That's a pretty dang good draft that's for a, the Texans. That's a 2000. That's okay. How many Hall of Famers are on there? Uh, Witten, yeah. Dre. Gates, three Hall of Famers in that draft. Mm-hmm. You would think, I would think Gates is going to the Hall of Fame, and I definitely believe Dre's going to the Hall of Fame, and Jason Witten's the first ballot whenever he decides to stop playing. And then you got a <laughs> bunch of other guys who are. Yeah, I mean, Tony Romo is in the Hall of the Very Good for sure. Yeah, a bunch of Pro Bowlers. And Dominic Davis, as you said, second second best running back in Texas history, which hopefully changes soon. Mm-hmm. Hopefully changes soon. Hopefully we're able to find a guy. You know, Lamar Miller's, you know, kind of, on near what Dominic Davis was able to do, just to 
going to be able to continue to do that. Deontay Foreman, who knows who comes in the following years. So, pretty good draft, 2003. But we're on a 2010, right? Yeah, let's, let's okay. set the okay. stage. 2010, late April. I had just gotten engaged about a month before to my wife. We would wind up getting married in December. We're still married, and we've got four kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were rocking it over at 1560 uh, yeah. The Game. Mm-hmm. You and Shawnee in the afternoons. Yep. Those are good times. Uh, Rihanna's Rude Boy was the number one song in all the land. Oh, yeah. How to Train Your Dragon was the number one movie at the box office. I missed that one. Haven't seen that. And the Texans were coming off their first winning season of all time. They'd That's gone 9-7 right. yeah. in 2009, won their last four games. Optimism was boundless because yes. the offense was clicking. Um, they had to kind of figure things out at the running back spot. That guy, Arian Foster, looked yeah. good at the end of the season. But mm, I think the Texans were still hoping that Steve Slayton could kind of turn things around. Maybe they might go to the draft and get a, a running back and do something like that. So let's go to the 2010 draft. Yes. Texans were picking in the first round, 20th overall. Kareem Jackson was the original choice. Mm-hmm. And I love Kareem. I'm a big fan of his. I thought he had a good season last year, switching over to safety when he got to play safety. And he has had an excellent NFL career, but I'm going to go instead. I, think I know what you're going to do with the greatest tight end in yep. NFL history, in my cool. opinion. And I'm going to add him to the Texans' offense. I'm adding Rob Gronkowski. Now Gronk went at number 42. Now here's uh-huh. I know people will hear that and go, "Wait a second, what you said and him going in the second round doesn't seem to jive." Well, here's the deal: Gronk had a back injury in 2009 at Arizona. Yep. He missed the entire season. Prior to that, you could you could see you could see Gronk. It was a little weird because he wore number forty eight, but he he was a he was a baller at Arizona. But that back injury really had teams worried about what are you going to get. Understandably what, so. Yeah, I, I mean, look, you're talking about a, a back injury that he had to sit down an entire year. So there was some trepidation, but the the Patriots actually moved around in that second round to go get that pick. And I'm trying to remember. There was there was a domino effect of a trade that the Patriots had made, and I'm trying to remember what it was. Well, but, they, they it came from Chicago via Tampa Bay and Oakland. Right, so that pick had moved a few times. And I'm trying to remember what the trade was with Chicago. But either way, they the, the package that they traded for whatever it was, and maybe Chicago was trying to get up back in the first round or trade up for a higher pick, whatever it was. But the package that Gronk, that pick that Gronk was in, the other side of this actually came from the year before, and they drafted Julian Edelman. So in the return that they got back, they drafted Edelman. Then they also got back a pick. Mm -hmm. That pick they then moved over to Chicago at some point to make the deal for Gronk. So – Anyways, the reason Gronk goes at 42 overall is because of that uh, that back injury. It's a pretty interesting – you want to hear the, the back story on the pick? Originally, it was Chicago's, and they traded the selection to Tampa Bay for Gaines Adams. Oh, yeah, the fourth pick overall. Yeah. And then uh, Oakland traded the selection – it got from Tampa Bay to New England for a second rounder. Mm-hmm. New England had acquired from Jacksonville. So Oakland wound up taking Lamar Houston, 44th overall. Mm-hmm. Plus they also got uh, New England's sixth rounder, who was Travis Goethel. Or Goethel. Yeah, see, 
not all of New England's picks work out. Not, and you <laughs> Some, say that about everybody. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's yeah, the beauty exactly. of the draft. That's exactly. Right. But I think everybody looks at New England like, every pick works out. No, and, not and, really. And we want to make that clear. You and I are not saying, oh, this was such a stupid Texans draft. No, 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 no. We're just being nerds and having yeah. fun because that's how it goes for everyone. I mean, Kareem Jackson was a really good pick for this team. Can you imagine Gronk? In this with offense. Owen Daniels and Dre and, and Arian Foster and that excellent line, yeah. And so now we come up to pick in the second round. Yes, and this is where this is a tough one. This is a really tough one. The Texans took Ben Tate at number fifty-eight overall because they weren't totally sure what they had with Arian Foster just yet. He mm-hmm. had really he had over hundred yards in the last two games. Oh nine. Steve Slayton had been banged up. You were kind of hoping he'd come back, but you weren't. You weren't sure. Yeah. So, are you going to stick with the Ben Tate pick? Because Ben put together some pretty good years. Unfortunately, 2010 was not one of them because he got hurt in training camp and missed the whole year. Are you sticking with the Ben Tate pick? My guess is no. I'm tempted to because he did have, like you're saying, that that good year in 11 and a, a solid year the next year after that. And I'm tempted to take Golden Tate, mm-hmm. who's still in the league and still doing good things, and who went two picks later. But I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with instead. Mm, this is really hard for me. I know what I would do. I know what I would do at this point. I think there are a couple of, uh, there. There are a couple options. You mentioned Golden Tate being one. Um, I I'll tell you. The, I'll give you the options. Jared Veld here went in the third round at pick number sixty nine, who was a very good tackle. Is that a Hillsdale small school in Michigan? John, I can't get Jared Valdir getting picked up by Jadavion Clowney and nearly bashed into Carson Palmer. I know, but he had had played decently up to that point. He's the guy that I'm I'm thinking about. But here's the other guy that I would think about. Because the Texans really to that point didn't have a great safety crew. Major Wright? Morgan Burnett. Morgan Burnett, okay. I would do Morgan Burnett. I mean, Major Wright had a decent couple of years, but just injuries took him down. I would think Morgan Burnett, who got at pick number 71, the Texans at that point, and, and, and this may change our draft strategy down the road because of what we're going to do in the fourth round of this draft. Because you know who won in the fourth round. Well, that's who I had. So What's that, in the fourth oh, round? I, yeah, you, yeah. But, but still, even at that point, Glover, you draft in the fourth round, and we'll get to him. I would have no problem, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, I have no problem taking Morgan Burnett and then sticking with Glover Quinn, and those two are my safeties for the next how many every years? Okay, well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take Morgan Burnett because you still do have Glover Quinn, but just sit tight, okay? Okay. Because in the third round, so we're going so with we're, Morgan Burnett. We're going right. to we're going to improve our safety play because right okay. now you're rolling with what you'd seen the year before was Eugene Wilson, John Beesing, Bernard Pollard played great. He came in the middle of the season. He was really good. Nick Ferguson played a little bit, but it was guys who were kind of on the end of their yep. careers that. Right. that uh, that really weren't doing big things. So you're, you're upgrading your safety spot with Morgan Burnett. Okay. Now you're going in the third round, and the Texans took Earl Mitchell, another guy I love. Mm-hmm. But I see Navarro Bowman out there, mm-hmm. and I know that pretty soon you're going to be going to a 3-4, mm-hmm. and you can plug him in the middle, and we know what happened to D'Amico this season. Right. So I'm going to go with uh, Navarro Bowman. Interesting. Interesting thought, because I – I'm with you. In a draft room, if I'm looking at a linebacker and a wide receiver, especially because I've got Dre already and I've got Kevin Walter. And what's waiting later in this draft? 
Oh, okay. I have. I have. I'm trying to think what's what's oh, down the road. Don't you worry. But Emmanuel Sanders is one pick after Earl Mitchell. It's tough for me as an SMU grad to is. pass on a fellow SMU alum. Yeah, to pass on a pony. Yeah. But Navarro Bowman would have been my. When it comes down to it, I want my front seven. And Navarro Bowman, for people that don't know, Navarro Bowman was as good a linebacker as this league had seen. But he just got hurt in the uh, championship game against Seattle, late in the game against Seattle yeah. in 2014. I think it was 2014, 2013. Navarro Bowman, for about three or four years, was as good a linebacker as there was in this league. Yes, he was. He was absolutely phenomenal. So you put him next to D'Amico Ryans, it gets very interesting. Now, like you said, D'Amico gets banged up. Here's the other, and you go into 3 4. So here's another thought and possibility. Everson Griffin? Well, no. Well, yes, that's one. But Everson's probably best in a 4-3, but he would have moved basically into the J.J. Watt position. Yeah. So maybe you don't draft J.J. Watt because you have a guy like Everson Griffin. The thought being with uh, with Bowman is maybe you move Cush to the outside at that point. Yeah. Maybe Cush becomes your outside linebacker Willie and McGinnis, stays outside. Willie McGinnis wanted to do that. Back I, in 2011, yeah. he, he thought – and going to the playoff game, he said, I still think Cushing could play outside linebacker, and I think that's where he's best suited. I, I always thought that's where, where he should go. So I, I like that because I would like to put Cushing outside. I think he can make a ton of plays outside. I want to move him outside so my linebacking core is Bowman, D'Amico Ryans, hopefully he'd stay healthy, and I'd move Cush to the outside. So let's move on to round number four. The Texans took Daryl Sharpton, inside linebacker out of Miami, who – is really one of the funniest Texans ever. Yeah. Had the heart of a lion and was fearless like a lion, but his body betrayed him. You know, just he couldn't sustain yeah. the injuries. Really good player, but instead of him, I'm tempted to take a Oh, I know what we're gonna do. A corner and Alteron Werner, a no. safety and Daryl Stuckey. No. But I'm not gonna do that. Because I know who you're taking. I want to help up front. Geno Sachs. Geno Atkins, that's right, man. Defensive tackle, defensive lineman can do a lot of He's one of those multiple guys you can play. Oh my god. Edge to edge. <laughs> okay. So what happens if you draft Everson Griffin, Geno Atkins, and then the next year you're like, "Hey, look, Watts the best on our board. Let's take Watts." You got to do it. Oh my god. You, you would have had Geno Atkins, Everson Griffin, and JJ Watt as your and you oh. don't look back. You would have had Ninja on there as well cuz you signed him sure. in 09. Yeah. Holy smokes. So you're building your defense wow. there up front with Atkins and Bowman. Then at the back end, you've helped out with Morgan Burnett. And so in the fourth round, you had a second pick, and you took uh, Garrett Graham, 118th overall. But instead of taking him, and I love Garrett as well, good Houston Texan, mm-hmm. Bam Bam Cam, I want another safety. I'm doubling down. You can never have too many good defensive backs. So I'm going to have Cam Chancellor to go with Morgan Burnett to go with eventually – Glover Quinn, because Glover played corner in 2010 yeah, and in 2009, and he was one of your starters in 2009. You've helped him out quite a bit. Does he make the move to safety quite so soon? Yeah. Does he? Does it mask that? Hmm. But I'm taking Cam thought. Chancellor. Okay, so you're taking Cam at pick 118 mm-hmm. instead of Garrett Graham. Okay, so that moves us, does, that moves us into the fifth round. 144 overall, you took Sherrick McManus. He didn't last here long. Didn't last here very long. Right. But you know what? I'm going to rewrite history, and I'm sticking with him because he's one of the best special teams players in the NFL. Hey, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think that's exactly what you do with Sherrick McManus. In fact, I was looking, I was looking at an article the other day that was talking about the impact 
of McManus if he is lost for, I think it's the Bears. I think it's the Bears he's with. Mm-hmm. But special teams-wise, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Bears. He's been great. Yeah. He's been great. So, I, I mean, I think it sounds weird. Like, wait a second, you're sticking with Sherrick McManus? Yeah. So that he can come here and be the special team star for the – this is 2010. He'd be going into his 10th year as a special teams demon. I mean, guys you could take instead of him that are on the board, Rashad Jones, who's a good safety, but we got our safeties. We're yeah, all set there. We're good there. Um, Zoltan Mesco was a nice punter there for the no, uh, we're not but you're not gonna, Yeah, you can get those guys undrafted. Yeah. So I'm going to roll with Sherrick McManus. Yeah. So let's move along to the sixth round, John, and pick 187. Texans took a guy named <laughs> Shelly Smith who never played for you. <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to do. I know and exactly what you're going to do. I'm going to take a guy who went 195th. Yeah. And I'm getting a, a receiver. So instead of Shelly Smith, I'm taking Antonio Brown. Can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, we would have been Central Michigan's favorite team to a degree. We'd had Antonio Brown and J.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's funny. When I got down to the sixth round, and I'm looking, and I see Shelly Smith. The first thing I think of – was what Wade Smith told us. Wade, we were talking with Wade, and we were asking him about you know, the, this draft process and mm-hmm. how tough is that for veterans, especially when you're maybe near the end. And he said, you know, when I was with the Texans in 2010, they selected Shelly Smith, and it was like, okay, this is the guy they probably want to replace me at some point. And, you know, you kind of go through that. And so when I saw Shelly Smith, I thought of Wade mm-hmm. because, you know, Shelly was supposed to come in. He was a Colorado State. I mean, back in the day, Colorado State and the Texans were very closely related. There yep. were a number of them. David Anderson, Joel Dreesen, we used to talk with them about that all the time. Shelly Smith. Ben Pelt kicked around for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. So there, there were uh, – that connection was always there. And, you know, Wade talked about that, that you know, he thought Shelly was going to be a good player, just, just didn't pan out, and Wade ended up being a Pro Bowler. Mm-hmm. But Antonio Brown, as soon as I'm looking at the draft, I'm like, yeah, Antonio Brown's the dude. There's there's no doubt. Now, there's a pick at 197 for the Texans, which we haven't gotten to yet. But Antonio Brown would have solved the problem with what they drafted at 197. Which is Trendon Holiday. Which is Trendon Holiday. So Trendon doesn't get picked because we got to help out those corners. And for that, we're going back to uh, the Green Bay Packers, who eventually signed a guy named Sam Shields. I'm taking him in the sixth round, 197 overall. He was solid. He played in a Pro Bowl out of Miami and, uh, you know, had a nice long career. Released after seven seasons in 2007, and then he went to the Rams for a little bit. So, yeah, that's who I'm going with, Johnny. That's not a bad one at all. Oh, it's not a bad one at all. Uh, I I like that because you end up getting – uh, I just getting a corner. I mean, wow, the undrafted. I mean, you also could have gone with Alejandro Villanueva. Now that's a little tricky when you draft someone from one of the armed forces schools because you never yeah. know when you're going to be able to get them. I, that's that's always kind of a futures pick, anyways. Uh-huh. But I wouldn't have been opposed to Alejandro Villanueva. Darian Stewart was also a very very good safety, but you already had safeties. We went Morgan Burnett and we went Cam Chancellor in this draft. So so. That that really wasn't that really wasn't happening. Now at two two seven overall, it's your final pick. It's a seventh rounder, and you wound up taking Doran Dickerson, who kind of really didn't have man. a position. He was a tight end and a receiver, and they kind of tried to make him both. And he he just really never did anything for the Texans. And 
didn't pan out. But that's that's what happens in seventh rounder. So instead, John, we didn't take our running back. What are we going to do? I know we're Slayton doing. was fumbling. It was I, you didn't know about Arian Foster, but oh my goodness, there's this talent out there who probably should have gone higher, but he had he got in a fist fight. But you know what? Wasn't much of a fight. He just threw the punch. Sometimes we we guys we get in fist fights, you know, yeah. and stuff happens and heat in the moment, and he's wound up having a really good career. So I'm going to go with Legarrette Blunt, and there's my running back help. Can you imagine oh, a one-two punch gosh. of Foster and Blunt over the years Holy behind that line? Oh my god! With those weapons, I mean, blunt force trauma. Yeah. My goodness. You okay with that? You want something else? Under consideration. Okay. But I ask this question first. What year did the Texans bring in Vontae Leach? He was like oh seven oh eight. Okay, right? so he had he was already in the building. Mm-hmm. Okay, because the only other option that I had thought about was a guy that signed with the Cincinnati Bengals. He played defensive line in college, mm-hmm. and he played in the Ivy League. Oh, in fact, he played at my alma mater. Yes, and that would be James Devlin. Who then caught on with the New England Patriots and is, yeah, look, there aren't a bunch of fullbacks floating around the league, but I think you could say he's the best there is. I mean, he's an incredible piece of what the Patriots uh, have. When the Patriots kind of remade what they were doing, Devlin was a big part of that. Right. And he was a defensive lineman at Brown, turned himself into a fullback, and the Bengals signed him, but he ended up with the New England Patriots. Uh, and he's won a few Super Bowls since, but we have Vontae Leach, and Leach so, went to the Pro Bowl in that yeah, 2010 so season. I, I'm not, I'm not taking any fullback over, no matter James Devlin with my school or not. I'm not taking any fullback over Vontae Leach, so I'm totally cool with that. Uh, the other running back that you could have looked at as well, who came from a much smaller school, is Chris Ivory. Yeah, who came out Solid of Tiffin, back, he yeah. went to the Saints. Uh, and if you had not taken Antonio Brown. You also could have looked at this wide receiver who came out of UMass who danced the salsa and Victor Cruz. I like Victor Cruz, but you know what? I, I've always had a special place in my heart for Garrett Blunt because the first senior bowl I went to cover was his, his senior bowl. Yeah. And I got him aside, and I got to ask him questions on the field after practice. And one of the questions I asked him was, what's the weirdest question these NFL teams <laughs> are asking you? Yeah. And I loved his candor because he just said, hmm. Pretty much every team asks me in a new creative way, do I smoke weed? <laughs> and he did. <laughs> so I, I, you know what? And he did. He did. He and, he just, and Le'Veon Bell got busted in Pittsburgh for that. So, yeah. I I just always kind of enjoyed LeGarrette Blunt, And I think he'd have been a good, good uh, teammate on this uh, Texans roster with Arian Foster. So let's recap who we took. All right. You took Rob Gronkowski, first ballot Hall of Famer. In the first round, instead of Kareem Jackson. Then you got a safety instead of Ben Tate in Morgan Burnett, who's had a long, productive career. Navarro Bowman, beastly linebacker for the 49ers. You got him instead of Earl Mitchell, who eventually became a 49er, but mm-hmm. Navarro Bowman is uh, is the, the pick in the third round. You get two-fourths. So instead of taking Daryl Sharpton and Garrett Graham, we went with Geno Atkins and Cam Chancellor. Two ferocious defenders. I mean, what... What plagued the Texans in 2010? Their oh, defense, oh. their pass, their pass defense especially. These guys are helping shore some of that up. Those three picks at two, three, and four, and well, shoot, two, three, and four, and four. 
Then in the fifth, we're going to stick with the pick that was originally made by the Texans. It's the only pick we stick with, Sherrick McManus. And you might say, what? Sherrick McManus is a hell of a special teams player for the Bears and has been for the better part of this decade. So we uh, we want to keep on addressing that. Sticking to, speaking with special teams, he'll make the contribution early there in Antonio Brown, but eventually he's going to be an excellent receiver. He goes in the sixth round at 187 instead of Shelly Smith. And no trend in Holiday, so that means no electric August of 2012 when he had three touchdowns and four games on returns, but never wound up returning a touchdown during the regular season for the Texans. You take Sam Shields and you, you bolster the cornerback spot instead. And your final pick, rather than Doran Dickerson, is running back LeGarrette Blunt. Okay, so I was just jotting down as you were recapping everything. I started jotting down what the particular units, you might have to help me with one of these. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started jotting down what the particular units were. Okay, so let's look at the offense. You got Gronk with Okay, so here we go. Daniels and Dreesen. Quarterback, quarterback Matt Schaub, fullback Vontae Leach. Your running backs are Arian Foster, LeGarrette Blunt. Mm-hmm. Your offensive line from right to left really d- didn't change. Yeah. It was Winston, Brazel, Myers, uh, Wade Smith, and Dwayne Brown. Tight end, you've got Owen Daniels, Joel Dreesen, and Gronk. It's pretty good. At wide receiver, you got Andre Johnson, Kevin Walter, Antonio Brown. Pretty good. Okay. So that's on that side of the ball. Oh, and you also had Jacoby, too, which mm-hmm. would have interesting how that would have gone. Now, here's where you need to help me a little bit, so I'm trying to remember. Now, 2010, you still were in a 4-3. Yep. So I'm trying to remember who would have been opposite. So you got Mario as one defensive end. Antonio as the other. Antonio as the other. Okay. You had Cody on the inside. Cody. Cody would have been next to Geno. So you had those two. Then your linebackers were Bowman, Ryans, Cushing. Yep. Done deal. You would have put Sam Shields eventually at corner because he would have been the best corner you have. You would have started two rookies at safety and Burnett and Cam. And you would have had, what, GQ at the other corner? Is that right? Probably so. Maybe Bernard Pollard is in there at safety over those other two guys, but not for long. Yeah, not for long. Yeah, not for long. When you hear that, defensive, Mario Williams, Antonio Smith, defensive end, Geno Atkins, and Sean Cody on the inside. You've got Bowman, Ryans, and Cushing as your linebackers. Your corners are Shields and GQ. Your safeties are Morgan Burnett, Cam Chancellor. It's pretty good. And Bernard Pollard. It's pretty good. We drafted pretty well again, Drew. Just saying. And and your special teams would have been that much better with Sherrick McManus. Yeah. That's pretty salty. All right. We can't keep doing this. I mean, this is just way too much fun. So the next in the lab, we're going to get a little bit closer to reality. We're not going to go back in the, the DeLorean. But we hope you've enjoyed this. I know I did. I enjoyed this. I love it. I love doing this. We and can do this all the time. I'm all with the you. time. All the time. But those are just like some intriguing, like, fulcrum drafts, I thought, 03 and 10, that you could really make a lot of hay mm-hmm. and, and change some things. So we'll revisit this. It's not going to be next week, but it's going to be down the line, and it's going to be pretty fun. Because when we do, we're going to put together the greatest draft of all time. And you're going to see what we're talking about. So just stay tuned. And stay frosty, my friends.